Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's my pleasure today to be here with Santa Barbara City Councilman Oscar Gutierrez, who uh, has been just sort of this amazing success story the last few years uh, with uh, district elections, was able to uh, run and win on the west side and bring really strong representation to a, a community, to the neighborhoods that had not been seen before. And uh, you know, now you're doing great work citywide. So it's really my pleasure to have you on the show today to talk about a wide variety of city issues. How are you doing today, Oscar? I'm doing all right. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate what you do. Yeah, thank you. Um, Oscar, I want to dive right in and talk to you a little bit about what's ahead next week, or I should say Tuesday, is the swearing in of new mayor Randy Rouse. Um, also the swearing in for new terms for three other council members. So it's going to be a shift a little bit, I guess, Cer certainly in terms of, of tone and culture. Randy, of course, was on the council for nine years. So sort of like, well, welcome back. It's not like we got new person, but we did get a big shift, I think, at least in terms of perception of City Hall with Kathy Maria leaving and now Randy Rouse in. You obviously, you worked with Kathy for years. You worked with Randy for years. What is your thought expectation with Randy coming in? How is the council going to change? Um, you know, I am... I'm staying pretty optimistic as of now about it because, you know, I did work with him for um, over a year and a half when I was first elected and before he turned out. And, uh, you know, he's a very cordial, very professional um, person. And when we were on the council together, he, he still owned and ran the Paradise uh, Cafe. So he was pretty busy with that. But now that he's retired, I feel like he's going to be more accessible than he was when he was originally on council. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. And, and obviously we don't agree necessarily on uh, political issues, but um, we, we worked well um, together while we were on council. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm staying optimistic and, and I think, I think everyone else is as well. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, you probably couldn't imagine the scenario where where Kathy Maria would not win re-election, and then the new mayor would be Randy Rouse. It would, at least for me, it seemed like, well, of course, Kathy's going to get reelected, and you know, Randy may come back someday, but Kathy would get another, you know, five-year term. Um, what do What do you think of what happened with with the mayor and sort of this this shift, this change? Obviously. I'm not here to badmouth her, but it's it's sort of undeniable that she lost support from the first few times she ran till when she did uh, this November. What happened from your perception? You know, a lot's changed uh, in our our city, in our state, our country, and in, in our world. You know, obviously the pandemic and and uh, the. George Floyd uh, healing justice movement um, really changed people's perspective on a lot of things. And, and that also affected us on the council, you know, and, uh, and I feel like with that massive kind of paradigm shift, uh, a lot of people kind of changed their priorities and, and who they wanted to represent them. And, and it showed in the election, you know, the way the election played out. 
and uh and yeah it, it was it was uh it's been an interesting um few years i could say you know and um and i feel like most of us are adapting and and uh and evolving and, and listening to what people are saying and thinking and and trying to reflect that because that that's kind of like what our purpose is you know we're supposed to be listening and 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 trying to do our best to what the public wants and that and yeah the the election was definitely i mean for me personally obviously i i'm a supporter of kathy i was i was saddened by it but uh but you know that's 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 the political world that's that's democracy and we just gotta you know accept it and and move forward what will you miss most about working with with mayor Murillo? she did a lot for you when you ran in terms of campaigning on the west side she's a west side resident and very popular on the west side um, you know, and she's been supportive of you while on the council in terms of uh, uh, just, you know, giving you sort of the um, support that you need on some issues as a new member. What are you going to miss about your relationship working with her? Yeah, you know, I, I've i known Kathy for a while. You know, she when she was a reporter, I was working for TVSB, and we, that's how we got to know each other. And, and then, uh, you know, she's also my neighbor. She lives about a block away from me. And then I decided to enter the 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 political realm and and she was kind of my guide through that, you know, so, you know, I, I look up to her, you know, as a mentor and and uh, and I'm going to miss just being able to go to her and, you know, tell her how I feel about certain things. And, you know, she, she could tell me her perspective and her advice on how to address it. And and um, and I'm just going to miss being able to just like walk across the hall and, and go into her office and, and just kind of, you know, chat with her about, about certain issues. Um, I'm going to miss her, uh, her little anecdotes and, and jokes that she would tell um, that kind of added levity to the situation when I was feeling stressed or frustrated, you know, um, but she's still going to be my neighbor. So she's still going to be nearby, you know, and, and I, and I uh, assume that she's still going to be pretty active in, in one way or another. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited for her to see what she ends up doing. Yeah. She, she definitely, um, you know, has, has options. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what the next move is. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, is this rent control issue. Uh, we know that it came up as one of the last uh, items on the agenda with uh mayor mario and i think the direction was you know go get us data what would it look like uh, come back to us now randy's going to be there you're a, a supporter obviously of of capping rents uh what was it two percent plus cpi was yeah. the final thing that was discussed um are you worried that with kathy leaving and now randy there and it's already a contentious controversial issue that that project that effort's not going to happen now i am worried yeah because you know kathy was that fourth vote and now she's gone and, and randy's there so unless we could you know uh persuade one of the other three um council members yeah it's it, it unfortunately won't go any further um but who knows you know um maybe one of them will will see that it's worth something to uh, implement in order to keep it more affordable for hardworking people and families here. 
yeah, I guess it's going to be a lot of hearings, meetings, people from the public are going to be talking and uh, it's going to have a, need a lot of discussion to move people in any of those directions. Let's talk about you and your time on the council. You and I have talked about this. We did a previous podcast where we touched on these issues um, and we've talked about it just one-on-one, you know, um, but I want to talk to you about you and your role at City Hall, okay? Um, it, you know, it's no secret. You've said it to me. You've said it to others that, you know, at times it's been sort of tough to be able to um, interject yourself into the culture of City Hall, to feel as though you're completely welcome. And um, it's been sort of a struggle, a little bit of an effort for you to do that. And, uh, you know, you've had some some microaggressions directed in your way, passive aggression. Um, what's it like for you to be on the city council? And I guess by way of context, you know, we, we uh, Kathy Maria was the first Latina ever elected to the city council. So think about that. And she was obviously then the first Latina mayor. You know, we've had um, Hispanic Latino men um, on the council, but it's, predominantly been, you know, white men, white, white women retired who've served on the council. And so, you know, with your election, um, you're part of that change, that evolution and district elections was designed to do that to, you know, let's, let's have the council reflect what the actual community looks like. Can you talk a little bit about your, your, your successes, your challenges, how has it been for you to try to be able to fit into that very dominant culture at City Hall? Um, it's been a growing experience. You know, it, it, even even with me, it, it's been over three years that I've been on council and I've had to learn how to respond to things just personally. You know, sometimes I come off too aggressive and sometimes I come off um, uh, flippant. You know, and th those are just kind of observations that people have shared with me. Um, and, and, and you know, I, ha I have to go back and look and, and say, you know, in the moment, it seemed like I was coming off okay. But then when I look at it and I hear close people saying like, no, nah, you kind of came off a little heavy handed, you know, I have to acknowledge that and, and try to, um, try to, uh, you know, just kind of read the room a little bit, kind of read myself a little bit before I respond to things. And, and you know sometimes just give people the benefit of the doubt and and uh try not to you know take things too too personally and um and yeah so it's been a learning experience and and there there have been moments where i felt like okay how come this person's being treated this way but i'm not but again like <clears throat> that unfortunately that's kind of like our world our society that that just sometimes happens and sometimes it's on purpose and sometimes it isn't you know and, and it's just this constant, like confusing, like second guessing, like, is this what's happening? Is it not? Should I be responding this way? Should I not? Um, but for the most part, you know, city staff is pretty professional, you know, and and the management has has really, especially in the last two years, put in a lot more effort to be equitable and diverse. And and, and I've noticed it and I've appreciated it, you know, um, so. I am staying hopeful about how things are changing and progressing, um, but I'm not necessarily just, you know, accepting the way that it is because we can always do better, you know, and on an individual level, level and also as an organization, uh, governmental body level as well. So, so yeah, I, you know, it's 
it's been tough at times, but, um, but, you know, um, people have definitely had it worse than me and, and, uh, I can only, um, keep, keep going, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something I can relate to is, is, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been told, Whoa, you sound really aggressive. Okay. Um, yo, was that a joke? People misreading you. And, you know, the fact is if, if we were who we are with light brown hair and a Hawaiian shirt on, people don't say that to those people. They, they just right. don't, but, but there's this like, like oh they're getting angry now you know they're sort of like they're expecting these things um so it's it never ends you know you just kind of have to keep doing what you do and but you're right self looking at yourself too is you you have to know what works and what doesn't work and uh, if you keep doing the things that don't work you're not going to be successful at the same time you also need to educate people to to not judge you on things that they're misreading um what about the public can you share a little bit of uh you know, do you get any nasty emails? You know, what kind of things do, do people say when they think that, you know, no one's watching, you know, even though emails are public record? I mean, I know I get nasty emails from people based off of things that have nothing to do with my work, you know, so what about you? Yeah, um, I can speak for myself that, that yeah, I've, I've received a, a lot of correspondence and messages, <clears throat> comments from people that are that are very discriminatory and prejudiced and, and bigoted and racist, you know, and it's, it's sad and, and frustrating, you know, but um, I chose to take this role. I, I knew that that was part of this responsibility that I, that I was taking on, you know, that, that people are going to come after you and they're going to come after you for valid reasons. And they're going to come after you for non-valid reasons. And um, yeah, you know, one example is, the way we're dealing with the pandemic we have people saying you're not doing enough and then we have people saying that you know we're part of this grand conspiracy to control people and kill people and and it's just disturbing to be honest and you know i just have to respond to them professionally you know because i know that if i give them if if i if i give them like an attitude or if i come at them you know um dismissively it'll just enrage them more and they'll keep going. So I just say, you know, thank you for sharing your opinion. Um, uh, we're doing the best we can, something like that. And um, and for the most most part, they leave us alone, but some of them just keep going and going and going. And yeah, there, there have been <clears throat> a couple of times where I've had to call the, um, the police and report it because they've threatened me, you know? And, uh, and I'm not the only one either, you know? A few of my other council members have had to to let the police know that they've been threatened. And again, it's just one of those realities that, you know, people warned me about when I was campaigning, like, you know, be prepared that if you want to take on this responsibility, this is what you're going to have to face, you know? Right. So again, I was well aware of it. And, and, uh, and it's just a reality of, of the position that, that I chose to, to take. Yeah. Let's talk about your policies a little bit. Um, you more so than anyone uh, is, is most likely to, to bring up diversity, you know, in terms of decisions on the council, you know, you'll ask for data, uh, you will ask for uh, whether you've included the various types of populations, you know, in, in the research. Uh, so you have, have been very uh, direct about that, you know, and I think that's why people elected you. 
Recently, we were talking about some of the changes on the 400 block of State Street. I recently wrote about JJ's Diner closing. Um, we know that that block was cut off from the, about what nine or 10 other blocks that were closed down to cars. So there's still vehicular traffic that's in your district, at least, you know, half of it, uh, half of the 400 block, the side facing the highway. Um, can you talk a little bit about what are the things that you are focused on as a council member? And then um, what's going on with the 400 block and how can we help some of those businesses? It's sort of a, a mishmash. <laughs> um, there's a lot of old businesses that are there, uh, new businesses trying to make it. Uh, it's got a perception that it's you know not the best block in Santa Barbara. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about sort of what your goals are going forward. Yeah, you know, I, I ever since I got elected, I, I met with several of those business owners and and listened to them and, and what they what they felt. And even before the pandemic, they felt like um, the city had had ignored their block because, um, you know, the word uh, CD has been associated with the foreigner block, which, you know, I find a, a little bit offensive, you know, because it is one of the oldest blocks of State Street. You know, there's a lot of history there and it's very eclectic. You know, there's there's a lot of diversity on that block of the business owners and the businesses. And and um, and yeah, you know, if you go down there now, you know what happened at JJ's? That was heartbreaking. You know, I, I went to high school with JJ and and um, they uh, and he and he was kind of like a role model. I know we were all like really impressed with him you know the the way that he uh he worked really hard to to start his own business and and it, and yeah it just broke my heart that that um he wasn't able to, to to make it but you know if you if you go to the business owners there that they'll talk about how they don't feel like the city's you know really paid attention to them as much as the other blocks of state street and obviously that was kind of proven when when the pandemic hit and we shut down you know, like 12 blocks of State Street, except for that one block. And and the city's explanation is that <clears throat> they need that block open so that the flow of traffic can, can uh, be, you know, efficient and it doesn't cause problems along Gutierrez and Haley. And, and mainly because of the first responders, they, they need to be able to get from the beach to State Street and vice versa uh, fairly smoothly. And that block has been left open. Um, but I know I have I've offered suggestions about you know making Gutierrez and, and Haley two way streets again like it was years ago, uh, to try to alleviate that traffic uh, situation. Uh, the the city staff came to me and said that you know that would take years of of uh, you know planning and 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 hundreds of thousands of dollars of of repainting the streets and, and signage and such. Um, but it's just kind of frustrating to hear them say that because, you know, we, we shut down 12 blocks of State Street in, in, in about a week, you know. So it's kind of right. like, you know, how, how much longer are we going to wait? And, and obviously there's there's a, there's a bit of transition with city staff and, and department heads right now. So there's a lot of things that are kind of being left on the shelf until things kind of settle. Um, but, you know, those those businesses on the 400 block, they they really need to help. You know, they're, they're struggling um, and and they should you know, like some of the business owners have said, you know, they, they should just be treated equi equitably like the other blocks and be allowed to shut down the blocks so that they could have their businesses out in the street. You know, there's there's a few music venues, there's a few restaurants and and they could definitely use it, you know, and uh, and I'm, I'm doing my best. We, we had a meeting 
it was soon after we shut down the street. It, it was a, a few of the business owners and, and the property owners of the 400 block with city staff and first responders to try to come up with a with a plan on 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 what to do. And, and after that meeting, they allow them to have the parklets. And um, but, you know, they need more than that, you know, so um, hopefully we can we can do something soon. And, and, and I'm looking forward to what the, the State Street Committee comes up to um, comes up with, because that's that's like I've said it before that that's that, that's the gateway to sent to state street hmm. and we need to treat it like that we we really need to polish it up you know and there's a couple businesses on there that that could you know put a little more effort to to um to make their storefronts look a little bit better in particular that abandoned shop that's been there for i think 18 years now almost 20 years you know it's old enough to vote you know it's <laughs> it should I just don't know what those property owners are doing, but it's been boarded up, you know, for for a long time. And that that could be something, but it just makes it look blighted, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's been talk of that vacancy tax. Um, I think there's some people who are in support of that. I, I, you might be one of them. Um, I don't know, but um, that would be one of those to address those kinds of issues, right? A vacancy tax. Yeah. And, you know, that is obviously a bit controversial. You know, I've talked to Randy about it and, and, and from what he said, you know, he feels very uncomfortable punishing everyone because of a few bad apples, you know, um, that, that, in, that location in particular is particularly bad because it's been 18 years mm. and they've done nothing with it. Um, so I've asked several questions about what the city can do, but they've told me that, since the property owners make sure that it's kept up to a certain degree mm -hmm. that there's really nothing they could do about it so it just sits there empty you know and looking looking bad but um yeah we got to figure something out because what we're doing now isn't necessarily working you know as a reporter and observing the the politics of city hall and the city council and covering it every week and covering variety of meetings. One of my frustrations with district elections is the feeling that not every time, and, and not gonna name names, but sometimes district representatives can be really focused on their district, okay? And then when it comes to kind of a citywide thing, maybe they're deferential to whatever uh, council member that particular uh, might have ownership of that particular project. Um, so, you know, if it's a West side thing, whatever Oscar thinks is good, we'll go for it. If it's an East side thing, you know, et cetera. Um, and that could be a little frustrating, but let me ask you, what do you see your role as, you know, are you, are you an elected official for the West side residents? Um, do you want to be known in San Roque? Do you want to be known in Samarkand on the Mesa as a city council member for this city? What do you see your role? Who who exactly are you serving as a as a West Side Council representative? Yeah, so you know we're elected by district, but we're supposed to serve everybody, you know. And and one thing that um, I told myself when when I chose to take this position was that I was going to do as much as I could to hear everyone out and to serve as many people as I could. So one thing that I do, you know, almost to a fault is I respond to every message that I get, whether it's an email or phone call or, or social media 
post or whatever. And because of that, I've gotten several residents from all over the city message me saying, you're the only one that responds to me, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes I, I sit and wonder whether it's worth me spending all that time responding to each and every person. But then when they, when people who I've never met say, say that to me, that's when I'm like, okay, it is worth it, you know, because this one person isn't losing faith in, in their local government, you know, and, uh, and I try to do that with everyone. I actually asked IT, how many emails have I responded to since I've been on council? And they told me that in 2019, I, um, my email got full, so I deleted everything. So it, at some point before 2019, uh, all that data is lost. But since 2019, I've responded to over like 15,000 emails. Wow. So, you know, that's a lot, you know, so um, and, and, it, and it's probably more than that um, because of me deleting all those emails beforehand. But uh, but yeah, you know, and, and that's not even counting all the social media. You know, I, I try to respond to everybody um, when I can. And and I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Reddit next door and uh, a lot of people you know i try to meet them where they are where, uh, how they choose to communicate so some people like to communicate only via next door some people like to communicate only via uh reddit you know so um so yeah there's a lot more messages that i've responded to other than just my city email but but yeah I, i'm here to 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 service everybody you know i'm 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 just trying to fulfill my role as best i can yeah uh, let's talk about you. That's a good, good sort of transition here. You're a local kid. Okay. Uh, we hear all kinds of voices in the community. They're all valid. They're all just as important as anyone else is, but you're not somebody who came here from a part of the country, went to UCSV and then decided to sort of make this your community. Like you're here, you are this community, you know, people like you who grew up here have been driven out of this community by other people who come in and have access to more wealth and, you know, can pay these higher rents, but, you know, you've been able to stay. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about your life here? You know, you grew up on the West side. Um, I think you live in the house that you grew up in. Um, you went to San Marcos. What has what your journey been like? What's your personal story of how you got here? You know, it's, it's interesting because I I grew up feeling like uh, I was you know lower income and, and and I was Santa Barbara standards right but then when I talked to my cousins who lived down south and up north and and I just remember growing up with them like when I would go to visit them man it was like night and day like our, my quality of life growing up in Santa Barbara even as considered poor in Santa Barbara compared to like in LA or up in the Bay. Like it was night and day, you know, and and I have to constantly like check my privilege when I'm when I say things, you know, that, you know, it's hard for me to live in Santa Barbara, you know, like <laughs> my, my friends, my friends make jokes like, oh, yeah, you're from the mean streets of Santa Barbara, you know, kind of sarcastically. But, you know, the the ironic thing was like in the late 80s, I'm sure you remember early 90s that it was pretty rough on the east side and west side, you know, like I, I remember that there was like like literally there are gang members who would hang out on street corners, you know, and it, and it, and it got to the point where, you know, my parents didn't want me to leave the house on a, on a, on an unaccompanied. And, uh, and it sucked because like, I couldn't go to the boys and girls club 
that's right down the street here on the west side because the gang members basically took it over when i was a kid and they would only let in people that they liked and it sucked you know and uh i'd never want to see our community be like that again you know it took a lot of years of people from around the community coming together to stop that you know and to keep it from getting like that so i i want to make sure that um the kids in in this community don't face that that they get obviously more opportunities than than we had growing up and you know serving with some of my colleagues on the city council that's definitely a priority for them as well because they remember what it was like to grow up here like that and we've been putting in efforts to to do that i personally like i always grew up seeing you know certain privileged kids getting a lot more opportunities than i did like i had to you know fight for opportunities and i had to make my own opportunities so now that i'm older you know i would always offer everybody that i meet like hey if you want to tour the tv station let me know if you want to intern for the tv station let me know you know if if you want to a tour city hall let me know if you want to intern for me let me know you know i'm constantly doing that to everyone i meet uh just because like no one ever did that for me you know growing up only a few people did you know when, when i meet young people nowadays and they're asking me for advice one thing i tell them is like get as many mentors as possible because it was my mentors that brought me up it was my mentors that taught me things that weren't being taught in school you know uh, just kind of life lessons like how to conduct myself how to how to be professional things like that so so um that's what i'm trying to to do now that you know i'm 38 you know i'm not young anymore well again relatively i don't feel young now that when i'm talking to teenagers i'm just kind of like i don't even know what you're saying half the time you know so um so i'm just trying to to, you need, you know, you need to get on forward. TikTok. That's that's what you know. Yeah, you know, I recently just got on TikTok, and man, like, talk about another world. It's it's really fascinating because you know I'm a film major, so like uh, a media major, so like I I don't just watch media, I study it. So like when I'm on different platforms and I'm watching what's being produced nowadays, like it blows me away, you know, uh, of how far we've come just in the last couple of years. But but yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to pay it forward, and 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 I'm trying to to give more opportunities to people than i received growing up and 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 yeah that's 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 kind of what it's like what it was like for me growing up here and, and you know i was definitely given a, a work ethic you know both my parents like they never had less than than two jobs you know and uh what did your parents had, do my dad was a gardener and a janitor my mom was a housekeeper and uh and she worked for a variety of different companies around town in uh in manufacturing and and both of them when they were kids they worked in fields so um so yeah that, you know that's the kind of mentality i had you know my earliest memories were helping my dad out in the gardens and uh in other people's gardens you know and uh and working cleaning out apartment buildings or, or i mean office buildings in the in the evenings you know so it was gardening during the day office cleaning in at night so that that kind of like you know work mentality has always been with me and, and that's why i'm always like responding to emails and trying to come up with ideas and trying to network and 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 work with people i i think that definitely stuck with me how old were you when you first went to disneyland <sighs> man i i was definitely over five because i remember it <laughs> so 
Yeah, and I've only been there like maybe half a dozen times, like maybe six times. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. I mean, I just bring it up because there's so many things that that are like rites of passage for a lot of people growing up. And, you know, you talk about your parents working in the fields, you know, you talk about multiple jobs, you know, I imagine you spent a lot of time at home alone, you know, sort of parenting yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and these are things that tie into these institutional barriers that we have, you know, it's, it's why when we say, um, when, when people say, well, why aren't you teaching them English and math in school? Why aren't you focusing on these things? And, and why is there an achievement gap? It's because school is only one part of that child's life. Um, the other part of the life is um, where they live. And, you know, in your case, you had hardworking parents, you had a stable situation, uh, but still, you know, you didn't have all the things that maybe some other people had. Whereas, a lot of kids had it even worse, you know, and so those little things that you take for for granted, you know, when you were growing up, you know, on the uh, on the west side, uh, you know, you, you obviously your parents told you stay away from gangs. OK, so what did you do for fun? What were, you know, how did you did you have a lot of friends or just kind of stick to your family? How did you navigate the world? Yeah, you know, luckily where I live on the west side, I was within walking distance of, of La Cumbra Junior High and Harding School. And back then the campuses were open. So my friends and I would just stay at school. We'd play in the yard or on the playground until it got dark and then we would go home, you know? And that's one thing I've actually spoken to the school district several times about why the campuses are closed after school's out because uh, it's an outlet for, for, it's literally an escape. Like I couldn't even tell you how many times we ran to school when stuff got rough at home, you know? And now without that escape like i i don't even know what the kids are doing now i don't know where they go when they need to get away you know and uh and i've been trying to talk to them about you know let's open up the campuses so that they have a place to go you know um and i understand the security concerns there's been a lot of bad things that have happened on the campuses when nobody was around but i feel like it's time that that we open it up and and uh and yeah it's just it's I, I the other thing I would do is I, I would I would watch you know movies and TV and uh, which wasn't necessarily healthy but it kind of led me to the career path that I chose and I would read comic books and and uh, stuff like that but yeah it, it was it was rough for a while on the west side especially in the late 80s early 90s yeah I don't I get really annoyed when people make that joke oh you grew up on the main streets of Santa Barbara which is very common for for um, you know people to say and uh yes is so happy it's not many other places in california and the country which is yes by far worse but um you know if you are a member of that gang and you you're a parent of one of those members who's been a victim of gang assault or homicide you know it's just as important and just as serious and we do have gangs you know that uh sometimes the the crimes rise to the level where the whole community is aware of it um most of the time not but there are people living day to day in these scenarios where they're very fearful you know of various situations and it's frustrating when people sort of look at the beach and cabrillo boulevard and paseo nuevo and say you know 
you don't have gangs here. It's like, well, you just aren't going where people live is, you know, the issue. You know, we may not have that in Montecito, but we do have that, you know, on the east side and the west side. And, you know, we, last year we had some, you know, we had homicides, you know, you know, with young people. Um, so you mentioned it, you wanted to, you're a film major, you went to UCSB, you watched a lot of movies growing up. Was that sort yeah. of your deal? How did you get into media? You know, when your dad is, um, you know, a gardener, he's working in the fields, your mom's a housekeeper, you know, and then you're like tech, right? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your passion and your love for that. Yeah, it started when, uh, you know, it, even as a child, I remember my my dad was really into cameras. So he, he bought a camera to, to, you know, document our family, you know, holidays and what have you. And uh, when uh, video cameras became a little more affordable, he bought a video camera. So when I was a kid, there was a video camera and, and I would like, you know, make little movies at home, you know, using GI Joe's or what have you. And then uh, when I grew up and or when I was going through high school, there was a video production class and I took it and uh, I really liked it. And, and, uh, and I was getting compliments on the videos I was making. So then, um, you know, you were saying about how like, how people say like, oh, how come, you know, these kids aren't being taught at home or what have you. Like, my parents didn't go to school. They didn't, you know, they uh, they grew up in these small towns where like only the rich went to school and they weren't. So so when we were growing up, my siblings and I, my parents had no idea how school worked. They just didn't. They had to learn how to read and write on the job, you know, and um, so when we would get home they weren't a resource for us to learn from because they had no idea, you know, they, they didn't speak the language. They, they had to learn how to read and write in English and in Spanish just through working, you know, so uh, they couldn't really help us. So college wasn't something that was talked about very often or if at all, you know, it was, it, luckily I'm the youngest of four. So my siblings had learned and I learned from them and my uh two oldest sisters they went to college and uh they were basically telling me how to apply for colleges and they helped me do that and i went to city college and when they were asking me like what do you want to do at city college i i said film you know because i'm really into it and i had volunteered for an organization where we recorded people telling their life story while i was in high school it was the requirement we had to complete community service hours in order to graduate and that's what really propelled me, you know, like hearing these, you know, I would meet these strangers and then like three hours later, I'd leave their house knowing their entire life story, you know, and then I would edit the videos with pictures and their favorite music and then give it to their families when they passed away, you know. So um, that's what kind of propelled me into going to college. And then I, I got into journalism while I was in college after uh, the whole um, news press Jerry Roberts situation happened. Uh, the journalism program wanted to do oh no sorry the 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 former journalist wanted to do a tv show and i was uh directing that show and oh. then and then yeah guy you, smith was that the don hobbs rob kuznia tom schultz yeah. show you did yeah. that show okay yeah. so that's how i started into journalism and then i um patricia um stark uh reached out to me because she heard my name and and said that they wanted to to do a multimedia uh editor position for the city college newspaper and i was the first multimedia editor and 
and we were doing it's funny like we were doing this stuff but like back in 2007 you know because that's when it was and uh and it's cool now that everyone's doing it but like you know back then it, it, i felt like i was pulling hair trying to convince people like no I'm like, like people want to see this stuff you know on on the internet you know so um so yeah that's how i got started in journalism and and then i transferred to ucsb and uh i got my degree in film and and yeah it's been it's been a while riding and then you know because of my involvement in the community and and all the stories and news coverage that we were doing um i got inspired to try to serve my community a little bit more and and ran for office yeah yeah so you were touched by patricia stark you know as well so many people who've come through that program you know kathy Murillo, you know yeah. patricia stark is a teacher um, you know, real um, hero and role model of mine, you know, and, uh, you know, so did you spend a semester or a year on the channels? What did you do? Oh, I was there for like two years, two and Oh, a half. you're like me. You never, you wanted to stay forever. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it was, you know, you know how it is. Like you made a lot of friends and you experienced a lot of cool stuff, you know, like when I was there, you know, it was 2007. I left in 2009, almost 2010. And uh, we covered the Obama elections, you know, like I got to cover when he came to city college to speak and i got to i got to shake his hand when he walked by like that was before he got elected you know i thought he was just a can he was going to be a candidate but then yeah it was you know cool moment it, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the channels and it wasn't for patricia you know she's very underrated you know i i i need to reach out to her i haven't talked to her in a while yeah she's definitely the most impactful um person journalist that i've ever had in my life and there's so many of people like that as well but you know she's doesn't have an ego she doesn't need you know she's just i just didn't teach the students i don't need to tell people i taught the students i'm just going to teach it and let them do their thing um so you went on to ucsb and you know then you worked for tbsb you had a bunch of jobs you know like chronicles you mentioned and you ran for city council was that terrifying for you? I mean, I remember we had some conversations and that must have been terrifying, right? Like like putting yourself out there yeah. to run, knowing that, you know, chances are you're going to fail. Winning is such a slim chance. What was that like? And how did you finally get yourself to do it? Yeah, you know, the, it was just the love for my community. You know, as you know, I was directing Jerry Roberts show and mm -hmm. and you all were covering the, the mayoral race and and interviewing all these um, elected officials and city officials, governmental officials from every level. And uh, I was also working for Carpinteria City Hall at the time. I was in charge of broadcasting all their government meetings. So I was seeing a little bit of behind the scenes of how small town local government works. And and uh, and again, I, I was just you know, I was volunteering for the Red Cross at the time, and and that's when the Thomas fire happened, and uh, immediately after the election, you know, and and then the debris flow, and and you know, I just just felt like, you know, I I want to do more for my community. I, I want to serve on a on a grander scale than what I'm already doing. So then, um, you know, as as we all know, we were talking about at the time who's gonna take. Um, Kathy's seat now that she was elected mayor and I just thought you know maybe it maybe I should give it a try and see see what happens and yeah it was scary because even though I've been I, I I'd been in that atmosphere I guess you can say for years 
I was behind the camera. I was kind of like detached. Like I, I didn't feel like I was like on the other side, you know, and especially growing up on the West side, like my parents weren't that political. They voted, but like they never really talked too much about politics until like election day, basically. So, um, so it was something that was kind of like alien to me, but then, uh, I decided to step up and, and kind of get out of my comfort zone because I'm, I, you know, I, before I ran for office, I was actually an introvert. I kind of just kept to myself and didn't really like uh, put myself out there too much. But um, but obviously, running for office, it's the opposite. You got to be out there. You got to be vulnerable. And and uh, it's been a learning curve for sure. You know, I think we've all seen me kind of like sweat when I talk and, and stutter and stammer. You know, but I I definitely feel like. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, getting over all of that, obviously, and, and feeling more comfortable in the position and in, in myself and, and being able to talk a little more freely. And, and sometimes I talk a little too freely, but uh, I'm trying to, you know, you know, regulate that as well. So, uh, we're not so, yeah. going to bring, we're not going to bring up, uh, you know, the high fire. Uh, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you already explained that. So, you know, you're, you're, you mentioned you're 38. You know, you're going to run for a second term, I imagine, here in a couple of years. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're going to be in your mid-40s, you know, and kind of like termed out, you know, on the council, at least for city council seats. I don't put you on the spot a little bit, but I mean, are, now that you are in politics and you're on the council and you clearly love it, responding to at least 15,000 emails, you know, this isn't something that you fit in around the rest of your life this this is your life um what's the future have you thought about like sort of where you're going to be at in 10 years as a, a guy in his mid-40s with tons of you know options and, and paths i mean how far do you want to take this as far as politics go as far as politics you know i i haven't really thought too much about it you know because um there's just so much to do in my current position now that I just, that's what I'm focused on, you know? So, so now I, th th for, for me, there's no greater plan. You know, I, I kind of want to take it, you know, one day at a time. And once it comes closer to the end, I'll see what options there are at then, because you know how it is. Like some, you know, sometimes there, there's somebody who, who moves on to another position, which leaves this position empty or they get kicked out or they get voted out. And all of a sudden there's like these opportunities that just kind of pop up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I don't, I don't know, right, right now it's just city council for me is the West side and, and the, the city overall. Um, but we'll see what happens in a few years, you know, if, if, uh, if the people want me to, to continue serving them on another level, then, then I'll consider it. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, your father passed away, um, you know, a few years ago, and, um, and we've talked about a little bit about that one on one, but this, this is sort of a spiritual question here, but, you know, you're a success story, you know, you're a local kid, the son of immigrants who never went to school and you, you, even if you were not elected to the city council, you're a success story, because, you know, you, you've sort of flip things really quickly for your generation you know and your success you know um but you are on the council what do you think your father if you were if you were here you know would be would tell you you know what, what would he be thinking about you in terms of the sort of how proud he would be of where you're at and you're only 38. oh man that's a funny question my dad was very extremely blue collar you know like every job he had was manual labor and 
you know, I remember growing up, he was, he would always tell me like, you know, be a mechanic or be an, uh, an, uh, an air conditioner repair guy. Cause those guys always have work, you know, they're always, you know, mm-hmm. and they make a lot of money, you know? And so like, when I told him that I wanted to go into film, he would kind of like scoff, like, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you know, really working with your hands and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, you are, what are you talking about? You know? And so now he would probably be like, yeah, of course you take a job where you're behind a desk all day. You know, he'll probably give me a little, like a little grief about it, you know, but he would definitely be proud, you know, cause, uh, cause yeah, you know, I don't like to compare, but like some of my family members, you know, they, they, they didn't go down a, a good path in life and they brought a lot of stress and, and grief to all of us, you know, not just their immediate family, but all of us, we all felt bad for, for what had happened. So knowing that, you know, I'm trying to do good and, and help my community. I think that that would bring them uh, happiness and, and, and pride, I think. Yeah. You know, you know, my dad was a plumber maintenance handyman and he, I always say he worked with his hands. So I don't have to, I mean, you know, you, you saw that work, right. Growing up. Like I saw that work. I don't want it to, <laughs> if there's yeah. some other thing I can do, I'd rather, because that is way harder than, you know, what I do. It's just so much harder. I don't want to do for that. Sure. So yeah, they made those sacrifices for us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it took a toll on him. You know, he died at 60 at 60, mm-hmm. you know, all those hours, all the, all that backbreaking work that he did, like it, you know, that's why I say like, you know, my dad like gave his life for us. Cause he did, you know, and the same with my mom, like my mom's 70, but her body does, you know, is, is really starting to, um, to show its, its age. And we constantly have to, like, we just put in a ramp and, we had to modify the bathroom so it's easier for her to move in and out, you know, and, and that's just the reality of getting older, but it's because of how hard they had to work and, and to be able to, to provide for us. Okay. Well, uh, council member Gutierrez, I really appreciate your time um, taking a few moments to kind of talk about what's ahead uh, with politics and this sort of new council, this new direction and, uh, sharing a little bit about sort of your policies and your personal story. Uh, it's very inspirational. And, you know, I think, you know, every time you do something like this and you tell people about how you got here, there's somebody watching who's you're going to affect, who you're going to touch, who's going to be inspired, who's going to say, I can do that too, you know? And I think that's yeah. really the importance of, you know, what you do every time you represent, represent yourself publicly. So, so thanks a lot. And that's enough of the sweet talk because, you know, Come Tuesday, I'll be watching everything you say and getting ready to quote you. So be careful. <laughs> I'll do my best. No, I want to thank you too. You know, you're a you're a coach and a teacher and a father, and and uh, and you don't have to be doing this. You know, you don't have to put your name out there like you do, but you do. And and again, just like seeing Josh Molina, you know, like that's that's planting seeds in 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 our community's uh, consciousness and. Hopefully it, it inspires other other youths to to want to speak up as well, you know, and, and just another thing I, I want to say is, is that, um, you know, after after seeing what happened to, to JJ's like I, I do want to kind of let the community know the local businesses know that, you know, I, my my expertise is in film and video. So if there's any way I can help with, you know, producing some sort of like documentary or some kind of like uh, video for your businesses, like, please reach out to me and, and um, I, I'd want to help you, 
uh, do that. So I, I just want to offer that. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And um, I'm, you want to give your email here? Um, they can find it on the internet. But what's your city? What's your? You want to give your personal email, or how do you want to do that? Uh, I guess I could I could give out my personal one, which is uh, Oscar Gutierrez dot og at gmail dot com. Yeah, the original OG, and you're literally an OG, right, Oscar? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Good luck. Take care. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Bye.